Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everybody. Chuck Bonnell, Julie Hayden, the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show, True Straight Up. That's right. The show brought to you by Mountain West Wellness, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine, and HappyTrees.co. Okay, so we got the whole Kevin McCarthy thing. We'll be getting to that in a second. Coming up at 3.30, Mark Poff, our law enforcement expert and friend. Is there a serial killer operating on the Western Slope and or are the prosecutors just a bunch of idiots? So we'll be getting into that, could too. Could be both. Could be both. It could be both. But All you right. wanted to start off All with. All right. At 12, 18 uh, today, a, I guess it would be p.m., just afternoon, you got a national alert on your phone, on your iPad, on your uh, TV. TV. National alert. This it it a- rolled down in front of my eyeballs. I was wearing my sunglasses and it came up. This is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. The purpose is to maintain and improve alert and warning capabilities at the federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial levels and to evaluate the nation's public alert and warning capacities. No action is required by the public. Yours truly, big brother. Um, (laughs) What a disgusting thing this was. I mean, this was just... It's disgusting of the cell phone companies, right? This was when, during the COVID thing, like once a week, I got a little email from the Colorado Health Department reminding me that I hadn't been vaccinated yet, you know? And I'm like, well, who's giving them that information? And then how do they get phone numbers and and all that? It, it, you know... It's disgusting. Your government is an awful thing. Yes. An awful well, and today, too, this is for a whole other show. Um, the, the FBI has now quietly adjusted its definition of domestic terrorists. And now it's not just, if you know, your ideology, right? Now it's just your straight-up politics. So right. basically, if you're a Republican, you're a domestic terrorist. Uh, uh, Trumpist. And they can, war- they can send this out. And they yeah. can say, go you look at... You may not vote for Donald Trump. Well, they'll tell you, go look in your neighbor's yard and see if they have any kind of Trump supports, American flag, if they're Republican <laughs> signage in their yard, and turn them in. Blaston flag, that's also extremist. That's right. Turn them in right away. So, But thank God. So I started getting phone calls and texts from friends um, yesterday, yesterday about the um, McCarthy ouster. And what was throwing people, ironically, was that Ken Bach, supported ousting him. Ken Buck was one of eight Republicans who voted to oust Kevin McCarthy. And Lauren Boebert was one of hundreds who voted to keep him. And they're like, so is this good or bad? And in general, I'm like, when the elites and the swamp people and the media and everyone's telling you it's chaos, it's horrible, democracy, whenever they're all worried, just assume that it's a good thing for the rest of us, right? That when Sean Hannity's concerned, when Laura Ingram's concerned, when Mark Levin goes off the rails, um, when Politico talks about chaos, blah, 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 when Mitch McConnell- calls them traitors. Right. Um, It's good. It's a very, very good thing for each and every other. Now you can explain- the Bobert Ken Buck flip as follows. Lauren Bobert just got ninety plus thousand dollars from Speaker Kevin McCarthy's Kevin's PACs. PACs and so and she desperately needed funds being attacked everywhere. Uh it's pretty hard to beg for lots of money and then stab the person in the back. So uh, well, I think even more than that, these are politicians. So I'm not so sure they would be worried about stabbing in the back. But what Kevin McCarthy did, Laura Loomer, guys, has been doing a great job in this. Kevin McCarthy is transferred since the first of the year. million from this protect the house in 2024 to his own Kevin McCarthy organization. Uh So if you're Lauren Boebert, you've got 95,000, but you might just need more. Right. right? So you don't, I mean, I don't know that she'd mind stabbing him in the back if she already had all the cash, but she might suspect there was more cash to be had. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe she's, she's not a a total backstabber, but but that would be ridiculous to assume. But at any rate, (laughs) so how about Ken Buck? Did Ken Buck suddenly get a conscience that all this time when he's saying, Oh, you know, we love the January 6th prosecutions. We hate grassroots. Did he all of a sudden grow a conscious? 
No, <laughs> he just hoped that that the grassroots would now get off his back. Because you know, as Tom Tracredo said on the show, he just wants to be a maverick, right? He wants to say, I can be bought by anybody, but not for long. Right. Um, and so it, it was nothing about him being a conscientious uh, Republican no. conservative. I mean, that's ridiculous. But we'll take his vote anyway. But we'll take the vote anyway. Well, and here's the thing, and we'll play some sound for this. And Jacob says, if McCarthy had put forth bills to close the border and slow spending, he would still be speaker. Well, exactly. Matt Gates. What what happened is... For and you know, I again I recommend go to the conservative treehouse. He kind of outlines all of the betrayals, but he said forever Republicans have been, you know, we elect people, they tell us they're gonna do something. We'll get rid of Obamacare. And then exactly, and then they don't, right? And somewhere along the line, somebody like Matt Gates came along and said, Well, we're gonna hold you accountable. Yeah. And they're like, What? You're gonna hold us accountable. Well, no one said that was in the rules. Right. Um, and right. and that's bottom line what it is. So what I think is interesting, so again, to all the people who were saying to me, so is this good or is it bad? I'm like, Very it's good. it's good. It's it's who cares? Number one, who cares if Congress is in chaos, right? So the best thing I think that happened, this is pretty funny, is so the new temporary speaker, McHenry, immediately told Nancy Pelosi she had to clear out her office. Her. Yeah, they had to clear out their office. Now, ostensibly because Kevin McCarthy wants it. <laughs> but I think she's like, well, I'm at the funeral. I'm like, oh, please. Oh, um, but that, if nothing else, it was worth it for that. But I think it is. It's time. And we've talked about it. It's like calling out Ken Buck. It's it's like the opt-out vote um, and the grassroots taking over the Colorado Republican Party. There is, and you know, people standing behind Donald Trump. No, how many? No matter how many crimes or investigations they launch into him, people get that our government is basically screwing us, right? And I suspect a lot of this has to do with Ukraine. We had Robert Spencer on, who was talking about how billionaires like that Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, we're funneling money to Ukraine, which was then funneling it right back into politicians. And all of a sudden, you've got well, they, 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 Ukraine to Sam Bankman-Fried, who give people like McCarthy, not McCarthy, McDonald, tens of millions. McConnell. McConnell, rather. Uh, tens of millions of dollars that he would support anti-Trump senators. Right. And so when Gates and some of those House people start saying, well, we don't think we should be giving money to Ukraine, right. you know, they had to try to squash them, but instead it kind of backfired. Now the Democrats went on because people were like, well, why were the Democrats voting? And the Democrats are just happy to make the Republicans look bad. I think that was, sure. you know, they could have just as easily decided to go with McCarthy, yeah. you know, and and I figured... Well, they knew they couldn't trust them. Yeah, exactly. So I, and I think and the, the other thing you see besides, oh, chaos in Congress, you see them saying... Well, this is jeopardizing aid to Ukraine. The White oh House is God, no. about aid to Ukraine. The counter is just starting to work. Yeah, exactly. We've got another 12 days and we get them $100 billion, We'll be all set. Well, victory is around the corner. Well, we have a bunch of comments, so let me go. Um... Yeah. In the first five months of this calendar year, McCarthy allowed from Jacob a trillion dollars in spending. That's money we borrowed. And from Sandra, interesting, one of Ted Cruz's recent podcasts, he indicated that when the Senate was thinking about getting rid of Mitch McConnell, McConnell started stating on the Senate floor how many millions he gave to each of the Republican senators. Yeah. Sorry. Didn't know when this happened, just that it did. Um, Again, from Jacob, Trump for the speaker. And if that happens, Trump will sit behind Biden during the State of the Union address. And then he can rip everything up. And then, Leo, Julie, you're right. This is why I don't bend over in front of a government building. <laughs> exactly. And from Charlene, McCarthy, intentional sins of omission, too numerous to count. He herded the majority of Republican Congress into rubber stamping Biden's agenda. Yeah, because everybody's just making money off of it. So I want to play Matt Gates kind of goes through it and he's not backing down. And, and again, it is who, again, who cares if, if the elites and the swamp people and the uniparty are telling us this is bad and it's throwing the country into chaos, like Congress isn't chaos anyway. Right. Um, but McCarthy, he said he was going to do all these things and time went by and he didn't. I mean, they just now finally got around to subpoenaing Hunter Biden. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, right. and why aren't they subpoenaing Jill Biden, by the way? Yeah. She knew what was going on. And Jill. But this was, uh, yeah, go ahead and get Joe. And all the family members who took all the money. That's right. Um, but, but they haven't, right? Um, so let's go ahead and play. This is Matt Gates last night on Newsmax. If we could please play the uh, McCarthy out soundbite, Thomas. Lashed onto something else. 
And Kevin McCarthy broke so many of the promises he made in January, we started to see the House of Representatives revert back to its corrupt old muscle memory of just omnibus bills, continuing resolutions, and more of the same. I remember in January when Kevin McCarthy said that he was going to use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. Well, he didn't even send a subpoena to Hunter Biden. The, the Kevin McCarthy speakership ends nine months into the exercise without a single request to produce documents or testimony to Hunter Biden. What that shows you is that he wasn't serious about oversight. It was just a puppet show, a side game. We need a new speaker who's going to believe in robust oversight, who's going to send the subpoenas and get the job done. And when it comes to the power of the purse, all we've seen from Kevin McCarthy is a willingness to just build a yellow brick road for the Democrats. He did that on the debt limit. On the debt limit, we didn't even set an upward cap, Eric. Kevin McCarthy negotiated a deal so bad that any amount of debt that the Biden government collects between now and January of 2025, well, that's on the back of our kids and our grandkids here in the United States of America. And when I learned that this guy took a secret side deal on Ukraine, it was definitely the last straw. Yeah, I mean, and that's a thing, because by God, we certainly cannot forget about that money to Ukraine. So here's how it works, right? So Kevin McCarthy is a speaker because he's really good in particular at one thing, and that's raising a lot of money. So the money comes into him, and then he doles it out along with powerful well, which positions. Which is true of all House speakers. That's the, yeah, exactly. And, and, and majority leaders in the Senate, and that's the basis of all their power, which is really why they all become corrupt from... Boehner to, to, oh God, you can go Haskert and even Newt Gingrich. Um, Who says this is bad too? Bad, yeah, bad, awful, bad. Awful, awful, awful. Um, and, and the trouble is, you know, I'm for Jim Jordan. Uh, I've liked him so far, but he'll face the same thing where, you know, these guys say, okay, I'll give you $10 million, but I need this and I need that. I mean, people will send 50 bucks in, 100 bucks in for uh, to back up their conscience, but Ten million? Nope. Um, and so he's going to have to turn away a lot of money, or or just become the Tom Quitcher they all do. Right. Well, yeah. And I think you know it, it was interesting to see Lauren Boebert and Ken Buck flip. But again, Laura Loomer's did a great job. She's been in a little Twitter war with Lauren Boebert, by the way, basically explaining how in March she got Lauren Boebert right after Lauren Boebert was pushing to get rid of McCarthy. Right. Um, got ninety five thousand dollars from Kevin McCarthy's basically. It's, it's not a pack, really, but from Kevin McCarthy. Let's just put it that way. Then, then in June she got another thirty three thousand dollars from Kevin McCarthy. I suspect your Marjorie Taylor Greens, your other people like that all did. Apparently, Ken Buck did not get any money, um, which maybe kind of makes you wonder, is he running for re-election or what's going on? Or maybe he doesn't need it as much as Lauren does. But Buck, I think that explains why Lauren voted to support McCarthy, right. even though today, and I'm going to call her out on this, all of her tweets make it sound as if she voted to oust she, him. She was mean as could be. Oh, yeah. But at least she's saying, no, we can't we can't oust uh, Gates for doing the right thing. Right. But it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, Laura. I mean, so she's actually she's getting a fairly harsh treatment on Twitter for that, too, because here's the thing, politicians, we're watching now. We see you, right? I mean, we're on you. And and I think people have been COVID, I think, and a, a lot of other things and the Trump treatment have woken people up. And so they well, see and, and bizarrely, they expect politicians, politicians like we thought you had you guys trained out of this. We expect them to do what they say they're going to do. And we're, we're now beginning to hold them. Well, they do. Accountable. Say, they do do what they say yeah. they're going to do. But it's what they say they're going to say to do to their donors. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not, to the not rest to us. Us. But, so I'm gonna, we're going to play Ken Buck. Um, and we'll give him credit. We call Ken Buck out a lot on this show. And so, we should. And, and we should. And but, this does not make up. No, this doesn't much. make up for everything. But this is good. This is a this is good, Ken Buck. Maverick, no, um, Ken Buck. If we could please play the Buck soundbite. He, he comes from uh, California, he comes to Washington, D.C. He is a favorite with the special interest groups in Washington, D.C. They know they can get in an omnibus bill what they want as long as Kevin McCarthy is speaker. Um, he makes sure that he hands out chairmanships and, and subcommittee chairmanships and uh, special favors to a large group of people. 
Um, and that's the way the system works here. And that's why the incentive structure is messed up. We don't have an incentive structure that incentivizes uh, responsible spending. We have an incentive structure that incentivizes self-interest. And when you fight the self-interest, you're going to get criticized by those who have a lot of skin in the swamp game that is played back here. I would say another word for the incentive structure is corruption or bribery. I mean, is, wouldn't that just be bribery or extortion, the incentive, the incentive structure? Um, so, so, I mean, everything he said there was 100% correct. Right. How much of that do you believe he believes? None. Right. Um, let's see. Jacob said, Jacob, I said yesterday that Ukraine admitted they had enough money to buy weapons, even without the U.S. giving them more. Unfortunately, Ukraine said this before the House vote and McCarthy was ousted from Charlene. Buck needed a conservative vote to cover a multitude of liberal votes. Right. And then Jacob, Robert may have voted to oust McCarthy if they needed a six vote. Mm, you know, I don't know, um, because do they do it by... Um, Alphabetical order? How do they do that? Roll yeah, clock. but you can come back. Later. Oh, you can I come back. Voted very late. He oh, did he? Over. Wanted to see. There could be. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's interesting the money angle. Hey, we've got Sherry with us from Lakewood. Hey, Sherry, thanks for calling in. Hi, I just wanted to say something kind of quick here. Sure. Um, like we think that we're voting when we vote for somebody in the House or in the in the Senate. We think that this person is going to go to Washington and they're going to enact, they're going to write and enact legislation for us. Yeah. But that's not what happens. These people are not writing legislation or laws. Corporations and special interest groups write all this legislation. Exactly. And then the lobbyists take it to, to the politicians. They take these laws to the politicians and try to get them to support it. And then the politicians... They get support from their peers using tenure and status. And then if things go right, then that legislation gets a vote. And every way along that process, they're making money. There's financial incentives that generate a successful income for corporations to get the legislation in that they want. So the amount of money spent is proportional to the benefits derived from the outcome of the law that the corporations want enacted. No, bingo, Sherry, you absolutely, yeah. You need to start teaching high school phys- physics, it's oh, civics. Teach it to him. Right. No, but you're absolutely right. That's the way it works. And that's why McCarthy was speaker. And, you know, maybe he was trying to do the balancing act. And I think that the whole Ukraine thing might have played a pivotal role in kind of bringing him down because there is a lot of dissatisfaction and there's a lot of leaning on him to be funding Ukraine. And like Matt Gates said, when he realized that McCarthy on the, on, you know, when this hand took the Ukraine money out and then on this hand was putting it right back in. I, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I think he said that was the straw. So um, I don't know. And we it can all- takes a lot of guts for Gates to call out and, and just Lord. say, that's oh, yeah. what you guys are doing is take the money from the lobbyists. No, exactly. I predict within a couple of weeks, there's going to be a new investigation launched into Matt Gates. Remember, I think there already is one. Well, they took him out. Yeah, he got got released in that one, but somebody filed a complaint of, you know, some bogus thing. Yep, exactly. exactly. Some lady, you know, back when he was a teenager that he sexually was inappropriate with, I'm sure. Right, exactly, exactly. Hey, Sherry, thank you for that great explanation. Appreciate it. Okay, bye. Hi, this is from Jacob. Yeah, the Clinton organization is going to help rebuild Ukraine. That's right. The Clinton Foundation. Talk about our money going to Ukraine. Wow. It's going to go from Ukraine now to the Clintons because the Clintons have been like, man, we have been cut out. Look what the Bidens have been doing. We didn't, How can, know, they, we didn't know they would do that. We need a piece of this um, from Mark. Poff was coming up later. It's possible the Democrats are going to wish they had voted to retain McCarthy. Yeah, it's all over. I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Um, and then Santos. I worried it, it, it's just going to corrupt Jim Jordan if he gets it. I mean, he may not get it, but if he got it, well, well, you, you, I ask you this: Is it possible? Is it possible to have the financial corruption and yet still do some of the things they promised? I, okay, I, I, I think they could use the power of the purse to, to defund Jack Weiss. I think they could use the power of the purse to go after the IRS, right? I mean, corporations would probably be happy about that. I think they could use it to um, 
and, and I don't know that anyone would get all that upset if they tried to impeach Mayorkas, right? I don't know that anyone, the the, the lobbyists would get all that upset if they no, went after Hunter Biden. They still but, want trillions more of yes. spending and stuff. And so I guess they could do a few cutouts. But overall, everybody said, let's, the poor military. We need to replenish our stocks. Because they've given it all to Ukraine. And we got these salaries for all these three-star generals well, and four-star and generals. And you're right. And that's the crux of it. Because the crux of it is indeed that they need those giant spending bills with a straight-up or straight-down vote. Because if they break it out, then, then you know, the, the emperor is exposed, right? The curtain is pulled back. And if they can vote straight up or, you know, if they have to, if they have to break it all out so they know what we're talking about, then people can see what the corruption is and the corporations don't want that. Have you got Charlene raising her hand? Hey, Charlene, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious what it was in it for the Democrats. How did it benefit the Democrats to vote McCarthy out? I mean, I'm just thinking of a scenario that, uh, they may be thinking they're going to get a Democratic speaker in there because they can pull over some rhinos to vote for their Democratic speaker. I don't I think mean, so. I, I, okay. I, I think they felt this is just going to look shitty for the Republicans. We can't trust McCarthy. Okay. He'll, he'll screw us like he screwed everybody else off. So the but see, McCarthy thing, was giving them everything they wanted. That's well, the deal. Well, they always want more. Um, and they couldn't trust him. So they say, hey. One thing. Don't yeah, I don't think they could have gotten any more than what they got out of McCarthy. I mean, all of Biden's stuff was passed. Like you said, yeah. that budget, the budget, there's no ceiling to that budget. Yeah. It's suspended. And so we've already increased debt by exponentially five times in the last three months from what it was. So, I mean, uh, the Democrats got everything they wanted. So, I mean, you know, McCarthy was actually one of them. I think maybe the reason they did vote against, uh, I mean, for it is that they didn't want it to look like they were a uniparty and they were all in it together. Yeah. So they voted McCarthy out. Like, see, we're not with McCarthy. We're different from we're this different. uniparty. Yeah, and that's the only justification I can see for them well, uh, think, voting him out because he is one of them. I'm firmly Well, and I think it goes back to what Chuck was saying, Charlene, too, in terms of, you know, the way the whole system in D.C., like Sherry was explaining, works is it's the whole money game, right? And yeah. so perhaps they feel confident that whoever comes in, no matter how pure they are to begin with, right. is going to inevitably become corrupt, too. And so yeah. they'll still yeah. get what they want. So I and think they get what they want. Yeah. Still- but, you know, I'm, I'm to the point with McCarthy. It's like I'd rather have someone I don't know the devil I don't know than the devil I do know, which is McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just to that point, you know, where it's right. just like. That'll just give me satisfaction. The whole thing is yes. corrupt anyway, but at least I have the satisfaction <laughs> that we can depose someone who exactly. is that is corrupt. And that and to me, that's a victory. So I think so anyway. too. Charlene. I think that's why. And thank you. Thank you for chiming in there. I absolutely okay. agree. I think to me, you know, who cares if it's chaotic, right? Who cares to a certain well, I care, but I mean, if the next person comes in and it's equally bad, what I'm glad about is that for a change, they were at least well, once, one day, one day, one day on the shining hill held accountable for breaking their word, right? And I think the more that happens, I would hope that the next person who comes in and they better not change their you know, their motion to vacate stuff um, that, that the next person who comes in maybe just maybe pays a little bit more attention for at least a little while, you know, maybe just wait to become corrupt for a few months or something. I don't know. Um, we'll find out. So here's what I think. I know some people have been saying, hey, Trump should do it. I don't think Trump is going to do it. I think Trump has enough on his plate. And plus, why would you want to put yourself in that position where things can go south, right? Trump is right where he needs to be right now. Uh, He he can say, you know, whoever supports Trump can say, Trump can say, support uh, Jim Jordan or however. Right. Yeah, and I don't even know that he's going to do that. Well, I think he might. He might. Well, I guess... I apparently Matt Gates said he had Trump's support for getting rid of McCarthy, but who knows what that, because Trump, somebody was saying, I saw two different interpretations of the same interview that Trump gave outside of the New York. One said Trump rules out being speaker of the house. The other says Trump says he would jump in. What Trump actually said was something along the lines of, you know, I'm happy to help if I can, you know, and it was sort of like vague. Um, But I, so I think we've got, Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise. Do you think Scalise will jump out for Jim yeah. Jordan? I mean, Jim Jordan seems to have the majority of support, at least of the Freedom well, Caucus Scalise people. Will have, will have more of, of the former um, McCarthy supporters. 
I mean, Lauren Colbert's back, uh, Jim Jordan, some so sort of more of the Freedom Caucus people have, but they're you know the the McCarthy ones you never hear of, and so they you know Steve Cleese may have theirs about so. Yeah, well, yeah, although, yeah, as Jacob points out, Scalise is not well. And Jacob, this is another great point. I watched someone else's Twitter and it fired up for the ousting of McCarthy. If Musk had not bought, bought Twitter, those positive tweets would have been deleted. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, for all, you know, the, for, you know, uncertainty about, you know, where Musk is really coming from and how much is the government going to put financial pressure on him, at least for right now, I think you're absolutely right. You wouldn't have seen any of those. It only would have been the authorized. Over Germany, he supported the alternative for Deutschland, which is considered the populist far right party in Germany, and they're going bonkers about that. Oh, well, yeah, you know, I think there are a lot of rumors about what's going to happen with Musk, and Twitter is not; it's losing money, right? So something is going to break, and he did hire that suspicious oh, yeah. person and you know and here's again we talked briefly about and we'll have to talk more about it but the fbi has been fiddling around with its definitions and basically no longer are you a domestic terrorist based solely on ideology but you can be a domestic terrorist based on your politics because they have identified that you know trump supporters the fbi says are just are terrible horrible people right. and a threat to democracy right. so who knows how they're going to use that to shut down um, Twitter. In the meantime, though, you do have that federal judge added, you know, told the Biden administration, you, you know, you can't keep telling the social media companies what they have, you know, they have to censor. Right. So now they're going to be like, oh, OK, I guess we won't. I mean, yeah. you know, now they're just going to hand them a note like censor right. Chuck yeah. and Julie. Right. right. And they'll be like, oh, you know, so we're still we're still in a great deal of danger. But again, as far as I'm concerned, you just kind of, if you're not really sure, look around and see, well, who's happy and who's sad about this? Right. And and who is freaking out unnecessarily? Because I will also tell you this. I would say the average person out there could care less who the Speaker of the House is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the average person is like, it has a whatever. Is, is like whatever, right? So it's not like somebody's going to drop in the polls because they did or didn't. You know, I, I don't think it's going to particularly help Ken Buck, and I don't think it's going to particularly hurt Lauren Boebert, because most people, that's kind of in the weeds for them, right. wouldn't you say? Um, but it makes a heck of a lot of difference that for at least for one day, they were held accountable, and and hopefully, you know, there maybe, again, you just see this movement, um, and it's, you know, they're going to try harder to crack down now. I don't know. Do you think they're going to? And Nancy Pelosi is going to want her office back, I bet. That's She's so going to. And that was just nothing. There was, I saw it was a, a Babylon Bee did a, me, a, a little meme where they had all of these wine bottles falling out of an office and it said three staffers injured when they opened the closet door in Nancy Pelosi's office. Ice cream falling <laughs> on the floor. Yeah, ice cream, wine, and all that. <laughs> um, that was kind of, I mean, you know, McKenna. Kenny seemed kind of upset about the whole thing, but then I thought it well, was funny. Why don't you play him banging the uh, gavel down? I'm not afraid he didn't break it. He was mad about it, but then for this first thing, the first thing he did is tell me. Well, he was mad at, at the eight Republicans, but he was also mad at all those treacherous Democrats. He's Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, who told him, we've got your back if you... <laughs> yeah. And then Mark Poff, where is Doug Lamborn on all of this? Oh. To keep... McCarthy. Everybody voted to keep McCarthy but in Colorado, but Ken Buck. Uh, you, you'll love this uh, with regard to Lamborn. So down at the at uh, the state central committee meeting on September 30th, Saturday, Lamborn voted against uh, the opt-out. And so we sent out the second one because John Eastman won a resolution, but how was the support for the, well, a support for the lawsuit. lawsuit? And Lamborn voted against that. Boy, talking about what he tells you where he's at. <laughs> and we're going to be going into the weeds on all of that, too, so we can reveal sort of all the people who are for us and against us here in Colorado, because the opt-out has been proven to be a litmus test. Uh-huh. So what happens going forward? You know, and again, they're like, well, like 44 days are going to go by, and we might not be able to get our, what, $13 billion is it that they're trying to send? to or $118 million additional to Ukraine? No, it's, like, well, it's a B word. Oh, the bill, okay. I mean, God forbid, God forbid that Ukraine doesn't get it billions and again keep in mind like robert spencer expe- expre- explained the money 
goes to Ukraine, but then they take off a little bit, right? And then it flows back across the ocean into the politicians' pockets. That's why they're worried about the flow of money to Ukraine being cut off, right? Jacob says, primary lamb born out. Well, see, the way the president system works... Dave it, Williams it, tried. Uh, Dave Williams tried. He he won the assembly. Uh, lamb born... Um, petitioned. Petitioned on. And then he got all these other people to also... A petition on or just you know they had no intention of campaigning no anything else but when people say well i hate lamborn but they really weren't sure so lamborn got less than 50 percent of the vote uh, dave williams got like 39 but but he you know, split it they, yeah. they had i guess once again fake candidates yeah, go in there right. to split the vote which wouldn't happen if we opted out so and that's still all a work in progress and we'll have to update on that too because you're right so dave williams has also sent out i think this came out today to the central committee members asking them to vote on supporting the opt-out lawsuit remember there's two tracks there's a lawsuit and then there was actually opting out of the the process and the lawsuit is still rolling along so we'll see who votes for that and who doesn't vote well, for i told that. you lamborn right against, he's against it. it yeah and so did Kathleen, Kathleen Chandler, who I like personally, but she's the independent sense. So how far left are you guys? Yeah. Well, they are center right. It's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. far left. <laughs> hey, well, that's enough on this. We will be keeping um, tabs on this, obviously, um, and lots more to discuss. It goes on. But for the meantime, just enjoy it. It's a good thing, is what I'm going to say. But be now, happy. Be happy. Be happy. Um, and now I want to bring up Marpoff, switching gears a little bit, um, although we're continuing the corruption discussion, yeah. actually. Um, so, Mark, I saw you there. If you want to open pop your way on, pop your way on, or unmute yourself, or whatever. Um, this is hey, Mark. First off, thank you for your time. Appreciate you coming on. Love being here. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is because it ties into corruption. Is number one, is there a serial killer operating on the Western Slope? Um, I wanted you to kind of weigh in on that. Um, so to give people a real quick background, and then I know we'll you- let him give the background. Well, are you up to speed on all of it? Because there's well, bodies all over the place in Sawatch County. There's one well, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> first, <laughs> first off, if I was going to be a serial killer, I would dump the bodies up in the Colorado Rockies. I, there's a lot of reasons for that, you know, because I used to work for El Paso County Sheriff's Office as a detective, and we had the whole county, and then you had Colorado Springs. And so what would happen notoriously is somebody would kill someone in Colorado Springs, throw them in the trunk of their car, drive up into the county, up on Rampart Range Road, and dump the body, you know, up in the mountains. And then El Paso County would find the body. We'd have to investigate. And, you know, so there's a lot of homicides that we did that. Occasionally, Colorado Springs, we, we would we would let them know whenever we found a body up on Rampart Range Road, hey, this could be one of yours. And I remember one case that I was called out on where we had a body that had been set on fire that CSPD came up and they said, Hey, we think this might be one of our victims. And when they were on their way up, they said, Hey, is there a necklace with a dolphin around her neck? And we're like, yeah, there is. And they said, Hey, this is our case. And so they came up there and we turned the body over to them. Well, not to them, but we we handed the case over to them. So the the key about Suzanne um, Morphew and what I know is basically what's in the paper and stuff and some of my suspicions reading between the lines of what they say in these articles, first thing to understand is that um, these small DA offices up in the mountains well, are- can, First, tell us who Suzanne Morphew is. Yeah, let me let me set well, the stage there a yeah, second. Yeah, go for it. I'll go for the bodies. So in 2020, Suzanne Morphew um, disappeared from her home, or near her home in Salida. Fast forward, they arrest her husband, and we'll get into the corruption reasons. They end up having to drop the charges against him, right? Um, in the meantime, so what happened is last week, they found her body off of like County Road 17 in Sawatch County, south of Moffat, right? But they discovered her body while they were looking for another missing person, an Enda Quintana, who's been missing since May of 2023. Meanwhile, in that same area, they found the body of a James Montoya who was last seen at a bar in Lakewood of June of 2023. Now they made an arrest and they're looking for a guy. They have a suspect in that case. Okay. But now they're saying they're not related. Well, it reminds you if you watch Yellowstone about the so-called <laughs> railroad station. We're right. going to the ra- the bus station. Well, there's more. There's, more. <laughs> there's another missing person that they've been looking for. I guess around the people up there call it the boneyard, a crystal 
Reisinger, she's been missing since 2016. Now, it was suspected that some guy by the name of Catfish, John Keenan, killed her, but he then died in 22 in, in 2022 in Raleigh. But you've got missing people. You've got bodies all over the place in Sawatch County. And apparently, it never actually occurred to the investigators to go look in Sawatch County, where, you know, they, everybody's been. And instead, they just, they just zeroed in on her husband. Well, there was no reason for them to look south because his cell phone went north. So what they did is the same thing that any other investigator would do is they looked at his cell phone records and noticed that he on that day was heading north. So they focused all their attention north. But that's because they had that singular focus that it had to be your husband, which I I get from the initial investigation that whenever you have someone in this scenario, you want to find out what they're they're doing in their life and everything. There was some marital issues, so therefore he must be guilty. So they, they have this single focus on him. They did the same thing in the John Bonet case, is they focused right in on the parents, and then they kind of ignored some other evidence that was right in front of them. And, and in this case, and this has happened with us, where we had a dead body, went down there, and I, I thought it was interesting. We recover this dead body, and then we find out a week later, there was another one right across the other side of the road and oh. the ditch that had been there for five years. <laughs> so you just never know. And you know how they always say um, that um, people are their habits. What's that? Right. You know, we always have the same habits. Well, people will do basically the same thing. They'll drive in the same area and they're like, this is a great place to dump a body. And <laughs> so that happened. And, and one of the things that you should have known first is they released and they didn't want to, but the DA's office did release that in the vehicle, her vehicle, they found DNA from an unsolved sex assault case for like three victims. Three, three of them, and, yeah. And it wasn't her husband, obviously. That should be a clue that right. maybe there's other facts here. And, and that's the key is, is you need to follow the facts. I, I get from your first instinct, and I've seen this numerous times, where trained professional investigators or idiots who are, have badges We'll look at a case and say, well, I think this is a murder-suicide, or I think this. I think her husband had to do it. So they follow their instincts or the narrative, and they don't follow the facts of the case. And I think this case with Suzanne follows that narrative. where, And the media is in on it, too. I mean, you listen oh, yeah. to Grace. She's broadcasting stuff where some guy ran across Barry and said, oh, the 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 hair on the back of my head stood up, and I could just see evil in his eyes, and oh. I know he did something. And right. So, the media even helps to build the hype. So people all want to fall in that one direction. His cell phone went north. They found this body completely unrelated, searching for another missing person to the south. And Mark Hurlbert, again, his name keeps popping up. He's probably the stupidest person in Colorado. I was going to say, in incompetent investigations, his name oh, he's, he's yeah. right in the key of all the stuff. That That's about who Mark Hurlbert is. Mark Hurlburt lost the case or gave up on the case with um, Kobe Bryant in Aspen. He used to be the DA there. Then he went to go work for Brockler. Um, Brockler asked him to investigate former Sheriff Terry Makita. That all blew up in his face. He he arrested um, John St. Augustine, my partner, for um, kidnapping of an individual he never met. I mean, that's how stupid that that is. And so he goes back up into the Aspen areas and he goes works for this Linda Stanley who basically has been suspended. There's been um, a judge sanctioned her. This is the DA that was working on the Morphew case at the beginning. So there's just so many issues up there. Well, Hurlburt just recently, when they're trying to seal the documents or whatever against Barry, he made this statement. I I almost want to read it verbatim here. It goes, he was telling to the court, she, as in Suzanne, is in a very difficult spot. We actually have more than just a feeling and the sheriff's office is continuing to look for her body. So he's talking, this is just a few months ago, Hurlbert is still pitching this narrative, hey, we're still got a shot at going after Barry. We think we know where the body is, and and, and he's full of crap. Exactly. <laughs> the body it's was found just... County. It was found. It was found nowhere near where they thought it was. Right. Well, let me just And it was found in a shallow grave that they just kind of stumbled on. Right. Well, so well, was- here's here's what I'd say about this. I always laugh when I hear the term shallow grave. Right. And here's the reason why. And I'm just kind of throwing it out there. The reason they they're all buried in shallow graves is because if you try to dig a six foot deep Ooh. hole, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's a pain in the butt. 
And most people just can't do it. And whenever people didn't want their bodies or or their friends' bodies being eaten by animals, they would dig these six-foot deep holes because animals can smell. And I read in some article where they're talking about how this body, the skeleton remains are all going to be together, that some forensic guy said that it should be intact. I I very seriously doubt that. I'm just making a prediction because I've actually gone to these sites where these shallow graves and we were digging all over the place. Rats, I hate to even say this, rats will smell this stuff. They will dig down especially in shallow graves and they will drag parts of bodies back to their rats nests yourself. Yeah. It's just morbid. And you'll find yourself all over a field trying to find all these rats nests, body parts. And they're they're just going to, if they are just bones, because there was some talk that they found skeletal remains. It sounds to me like with, from my experience that animals did corrupt, you know, the scene, if you want to call it that, but we'll see. Right. Um, so no, they, gonna, well, and again, into the corruption. So what's interesting about this case is, and then you mentioned, you know, so they're going after the husband. And one of the reasons the DA is in trouble. So they, they find some DNA in her truck. They send it in her truck in the glove box that, that it excludes the husband. And it comes back to three unsolved sex assaults, one in Chicago, one in Phoenix and one in Tempe, Arizona. Now that, and, and, and they don't pursue it. They just, right. they don't because pursue it. Because it's her husband. It's yeah. her, we already know it's her husband. And worse than that, they don't tell the defense attorneys about it either. Well, that's a shock. It doesn't, not it, shocking, it doesn't but the, come up until the preliminary hearing and everyone's like, what? <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, you know, since I retired from the sheriff's office nine years ago, next Friday or this Friday, nine years ago, this Friday, my biggest issue when I work for defense attorneys is lack of discovery. And right. and I deal mainly with digital discovery, and they will do everything they can to 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 screw with discovery, not get it to me, and it's things are missing. And then they get pissed off when we go back and we say, hey, you know, I think there's some missing discovery. Oh, no, you have everything we do. And then we ultimately yeah. have to go to the judge and say, look, we have to prove to you that they did not give us the discovery that we know is out there. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, our bad. Here it is. Well, I mean, this would be, I don't know, you're the detective, but I'm just saying I'm investigating, as Sandra's asking, so it appears she was riding her bike because they found her helmet, right? And then, and but they had no idea there, you know, they only looked north because they immediately assume it's a husband and his cell phone went north up to Broomfield, right? Doesn't even occur to them to look apparently out there in Moffat where they've got bodies littering all all over the place. The boneyard. The boneyard. Um, and so, so then they do, they search her car and they, because she wasn't in her car, theoretically, she was in her bicycle, which is, raises right. all kinds of questions. So, and they find DNA from an unidentified sex assault for a sex assailant in three other cases. I mean, I would consider that a clue, yeah. right? Is that, is that a clue? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absolutely something that needs to be followed up on. And the fact that they didn't even mention it. And they're obligated to provide exculpatory evidence to the defense, which they did not until they finally had to. And and you know what? They don't drop cases. And if you actually go out on the Internet and search for Linda Stanley and see the video where she talks about, you know, it's my decision to decide when we have enough. And we have enough against Barry um, um, Morphew. And and the problem is they did this. Mark Robert did exactly the same thing against John St. Augustine from the standpoint of three weeks before trial. So for 18 months, John was under the suspicion of a felony, um, right? not, not conviction, but indictment. And then three weeks before trial, he says in court, I was in the courtroom when he said this, and he's such a liar. He said, you know, some cases get stronger and some cases get weaker, and this case has gotten weaker. And and what's funny is Iris actually handled that case as well. Right. And she's incredible. And, and right really. in the courtroom, she she called Hurlbert a liar. She goes, tell me one thing that's changed in this case that you didn't know about 18 months ago. And because there is nothing. You're a liar. <laughs> you know, and that's what they do is, is they try to jam people up. They put people in jail, let them rot in jail until they can get a deal or something. And then they, yes. Well, and then, oh, oh, um, your friend was just a squeeze target. But that, I mean, and he admitted that. He admitted yeah. that to a grand jury. Oh, well, I've, I've heard George Brockler say it. Say, yes. say, no, no, they're supposed to squeeze them. Mm-hmm. Well, and That's exactly what they did. 
Here's what's, to me, what's interesting about this case also is, again, you, we do have a bunch of dead people, missing people, um, sex assault victims. And if anybody were actually doing their job, you'd think they'd maybe take a look because they tried to hide it because reporters aren't doing their job either. The, the initial reports that came out were like, yeah, we found Suzanne Morphew's body, didn't mention that it was nowhere near where they thought it was going to be. Right. This, they had to briefly explain, well, they were looking for somebody else. And it wasn't until Iris more if he was attorney came out and said, well, here's what they found. And then they found that other dead body too there, by the way, right? It's not till she kind of raises all of this. They were just trying to blow it away like, oh, we found where Barry, where Barry buried the body. And it's like, no. What, has he been killing people randomly and Moffat all these years without anyone knowing? It's like, of course well, not. One of the things I'll say, because I did do some criminal law uh, when I was down in Fort Worth, um, you have to, to have any chance of solving anything, go by a theory and you've got to, and unless you want to, you know, spend all your time chasing rabbits and never getting one, it's inevitable that that confirmation bias occurs, which is why you understand often why they get it wrong, because that's really their only choice. Pick out a most likely one and pursue it. Um, and the other part, however, is where, you actually come across something that says, no, you're totally wrong. Yeah. Except they don't, the crooked ones don't stop and they, they and it. they don't, and they don't reveal the evidence. Um, and that's what happened right. here. I mean, if they had some kind of reform, they ought to make the, the, uh, uh, exculpatory evidence one much stronger, uh, to knowingly fail to provide extortion to the end of your law license or something. I mean, they've, they've got to be more than, oh, well, I guess, you know, we'll give you an extra two weeks for trial. I mean, it's just too minor. Right. right. When they always say, um, what the cure is, and it's like, yeah. there is no cure. But, <laughs> but, but the problem is, is with, and, and Chuck, I know you and I agree with this 100%. When you give DAs and judges absolute immunity, yes. it's like they, they made this big deal that, hey, Barry's suing um, Linda Stanley in the 11th right. um, DA, you know, judicial district. It's like, who gives a crap? Right. It's going to get thrown out. Right. right. About, I mean, John St. Augustine, Mark Hurlburt admitted to, under his deposition, admitted that he was squeezing St. Augustine and didn't think he had committed any crime at all when he arrested him. Right. And... He just like, hey, have a nice day. I'll see you later. Got absolute immunity. Yeah. Thanks for well, and here's the thing, too. Again, no one's And the doing judge it. agreed with him. And yes. No one's doing their job here. So they arrest, or they're, they're looking for with this James Montoya. So this guy, he's drinking at a bar in Lakewood, right? Goes home, never a good idea, but apparently with a couple of strangers. And he takes an Instagram picture. So that's how his family knows that. And the family is like, we don't recognize the people in the picture. The cops track down the girl, and I think they squeeze her. And so now they're looking for a guy, and Jesus Angel Arvizo. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Okay. And the girlfriend says, apparently they got this Jesus guy got in an argument with the missing James Montoya shot him. Right. And then they drove him from Lakewood to Sawatch County. Where else? Where else? I mean, that's a good Well, you think there's a big sign that says Boneyard or dumping grounds. (laughs) And so they can drive from Denver and they end up in the same exact spot. It's Suzanne Morphew. And then, and then the cops say, but the cases aren't related. I'm like, how do they know? It's like, I mean, it seems to me, has somebody run this Jesus Arvizo's DNA? I mean, it's just kind of like odd that some guy at a bar in Lakewood who shoots and kills somebody, you know, just goes to the same spot, goes to the same spot four hours. Everybody goes, hey, great spot. Great spot. Again, Maybe they should check him for, you know, for DNA for unsolved sex assault cases. Well, yeah. exactly. I mean, but they immediately go like, but they're, but they say, but there's no connection. How can None. they do that? They only found the body. There's a connection. The yeah. bodies were dumped in the same location. Yeah. There's a connection. <laughs> I mean, maybe he has a friend who dumps bodies there. I mean, I think it would be worth asking him, what made you drive yeah. four hours with a body in your truck? And drop it at that and, exact and, spot. And dump it there. I mean, how Is there you... those spots just great? You see them from well, the I road. Wonder, you know, if you Google, where's the best place to dump a murder, you know, a body in Colorado, is it going to say Sawatch County? Well, and it's going to be like County Road 17, 4.3 miles south of Moffat, just about 20 yards off. The, I mean, yeah. 
it, death row. And to me, it's just once again, everyone's being an idiot or they're lying to us, both of which are possible. Um, say, so how can they say this guy, the cases aren't connected? It's like, and I don't know. And then what about these other missing people? Right? Why is why are they why were they looking in this field? For that missing person, I want to know that. I mean, something led them there, unless that's just where everybody dumps all the bodies. It's kind of like, and why don't we talk to that person? I mean, for them to say, but none of these are related. Because all coincidental. And and I wouldn't be surprised if this Linda Stanley, I mean, it's funny because you talk about Linda Stanley, who's the 11th DA, and then this Ann Kelly, who's the 12th um, judicial district, who they booted out the DA before her over corruption and stuff. And Polis appointed her. She wasn't even elected. Yeah. You know, who's going to run with this case? I mean, I would have to tell you, if I was a DF there, I would say it's yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yours. Where we find the body or somebody. Well, and here's another thing that makes me angry. And it's the same as the Ramsey case. Um, no matter who we think did it is inept investigation when they find the real killer in this case right they have a heck of a hard time prosecuting it because they've spent all this time and energy saying they just dragged the investor well don't you think barry morphew did it mm-hmm. right i mean didn't you i mean well and that that's what they'll the ask i guarantee the one part you could change is when you're found hiding exculpatory evidence uh-huh, yeah they should be much heavier penalties so they just don't lightly kind of go what are they going to do about it put this dna away yeah well exactly and and i was getting ready to say i've been cross-examined here recently on some cases that i've been working on where in this last one they said oh so you think the defendant's innocent and it's like that's not my point my point is all this other stuff right you know you can guarantee like if they do find someone who they, they get some evidence on and then they put all these cops on the stand the defense attorney is going to go through with every one of them. Didn't you think Barry did it? Right. Think Barry did it. Wasn't your first instinct as a super cop that you are? Yes. You thought it was Barry Morfield, didn't you? All right. You know, and and that's going to does that raise doubt? Reasonable. Yeah, I think it I, does. I mean, yeah, you're right. Initially, I I did think it was was Barry, and that's another thing. And I I always hate the twist back to the John Bonet case, but it's like the biggest case on the planet. You know, Boulder PD at first, and I'm not saying who did or who did or didn't do or whatever. They were so focused on the parents and the media was so focused on the parents. Here we are years later and the father is still asking, could you please test the DNA on, you know, these 300 (laughs) items that have never been tested? Could you please reinvestigate? Could you? and, And Boulder's like not interested (laughs) <laughs> and they're not interested because they know that narrative has gone and passed. That ship has sailed. That train has left the station. Right. For God's sakes, the last thing they're going to do is go in and investigate and say, look, 25 years ago, we could have solved this if we didn't have our heads up our ass. Right. And, and the rail person has been dead for 20 years. Right. So exactly. I mean, well, we'll stay on this because I just think there are so many questions and there were people to say, not doing their job on it. I tried to hire Iris for a case, civil case we're working on and really wanted her. But uh, she her her upfront fees were a bit steep. <laughs> <laughs> She's a great defense attorney. Yeah, she really is. Town. So, Mark, we're going to have to let you go. Thank you, as always. Appreciate all Dad. your insight. All right. Hey, and everybody on Party Friday, this is there is a. We've talked about it a little bit before, a, a lawsuit that's been filed by a guy um, over Jared Polis's universal preschool money that preschools are supposed to be getting, but only some preschools, yeah. only if you follow politically the, correct. Politically correct. Exactly. So we're going to be talking to the Americans Defending Freedom, right. our Alliance right. Defending Freedom well, on that, too. Are, and and by the way, the Supreme Court, Colorado Supreme Court, has cha- uh, taken uh, Jack uh, of, Phillips. of Phillips of Metzby's Bakery's um, claims against the hideous people who are after them. How many years? A decade now? No, so. more than that. So all of that on Friday. Um, thank you to Mark. Thank you to everybody um, for your comments and the great guys at BBS. We will see you all. I think today is actually National Vodka Day too as well. But Excellent. We'll all right. set all right. that for Party Friday. Right. See you later. Bye-bye. Oh, free test though. <laughs>